Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In chapter 8 of the categories, Aristotle turns to a very important type of way of talking about things and, and actually conceptualizing the world. He thinks that this connects with things that are actually there in the world. And he talks about quality or poiotes in Greek or topoion. Now, one of the main types of quality or classes of quality that he talks about and gives some, some analysis to, not a completely comprehensive analysis, that waits for other works has to do with what we call habits and dispositions. The Greek word for habit is hexes. This is coming from the word to have or to hold or to make part of one's possessions, you might say. And the word for disposition is diathesis. This is coming from the word to put down and it's kind of along the same lines, but we'll see how, how it's different. So the first thing I want to mention right off the bat is that habits are all dispositions, according to Aristotle. So habits are a subclass of dispositions. But what this means is that, well, every habit is a disposition, not every disposition is a habit. You have some dispositions that are not habits, other dispositions that are habits. Aristotle actually devotes quite a bit more discussion to habits. And when we think about the paradigm examples, you'll see why it's so important for him. If you think about his larger works where he's interested, say, in ethics or politics or also in, in metaphysics. So what's the difference between dispositions that are not habits and dispositions that are habits? Habits, Aristotle says, are longer lasting and more stable. And I put the Greek terms up here because I want to discuss them a little bit. So longer lasting, chroniotron, and this is coming from the Greek word for time, chronos, the word that we get say chronoscope from, right? I think a clock or something along those lines. Now, longer lasting, a habit is something that extends through time that continues on. That's not going to end at, at a certain point by its own nature. Once it's established as a habit, more stable. So Aristotle uses two terms here for more stable. One of these is from, it's, it's monimotron, right? And this word has to do with sort of staying in place, you know, resisting things, pushing it out of its place. Remaining is, is a way we could say. Dus kinoteron, so you see that kinoteron right there? Kinesis, change or movement is the, the core of that. Dus means something like resisting in this case, or not easy or difficult. So only moved with difficulty would be a great way to translate them. So if we think about what habits are like, and we don't get into the ones that Aristotle's describing here, but we think about something like a habit of, for example, let's say we take habits that have to do with personal grooming and hygiene. You get yourself into the habit of taking a shower every single morning. When you find yourself unable to take a shower, you're going to feel a bit weird and, and like the day is off. And sometimes you may like get up and go and take a shower without even realizing that, you know, you're, you're already into your morning. It's something 
something that would take some time to develop, of course, but then once it does, it becomes very stable and just continues on through time. There's many things that would sort of fit into this, having coffee in the morning for myself, right? I'm not even thinking in any real sense until I have my coffee. I'm kind of on autopilot. The habit is running the show. Usually I only get, you know, woken up like, there's no coffee. What am I going to do, right? So habits are longer lasting and more stable. This becomes a lot easier to see when we look at the two paradigm cases for what Aristotle talks about as habits here. So virtues, aratai, right? In Greek, coming from the superlative of goodness, agathos. Virtues are, are determinate kinds of goodnesses, usually moral goodnesses, but we can also think about other things as well, like, you know, bodily form. Here he has more in mind things like justice, temperance, generosity, great soldness, those, those sorts of things that we label as virtues. Likewise, the vices, determinate forms of badness, kakia in Greek, coming from the word kakos, which means bad, right? Those are also habits. Those are also hexes. Hexes is the plural of hexis. So those fit in, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But then we also have knowledge. And notice I put it in the plural here, knowledges, or rather kinds of knowledge. So everything from being able to play a tuba to being able to hang drywall to being able to talk about Aristotle in some sort of competent way. All of those are types of knowledge and there's many, many other types as well. Aristotle loves to use grammar as an example. We'll try to stay away from that in this particular video. But knowledge is a habit. It's something that Aristotle says is not easily displaced. And he, he actually says something quite interesting about this. He says, knowledge is considering as lasting and hard to displace from the mind, though a man may in fact have acquired it in only a moderate measure, unless some great change should come over him thanks to disease or the like. So let's take knowledge of Aristotle as an example. Once you actually learn something about, say, Aristotle's Nicomachean ethics, I use that as, as my example, because that's probably the text that I have done the most work on over the course of my career. Once you have learned some of the basic basic ideas and principles and you understand how they fit in with each other and you can say you know reproduce them on a, on a test or in a paper later on so that they're, they're stuck in your head and they're not going to just fall out of your head like once you've put it down on the test some people do kind of a brain dump right that's not having a habit yet walking away from the class and then being able to talk about it competently later on. That would be the development of a habit. So understanding ethics according to Aristotle's treatment of it in the Nicomachean ethics, not just you know the field as a whole, but that particular bit of knowledge. Well, that could be greater or lesser. We don't say that you don't have any knowledge whatsoever if you don't know the text inside and out. So even if you only have a moderate amount, you do still have some knowledge. Now, if you were to damage the person's brain who has that knowledge, or, you know, let's say they have a terrible fever, right? And some parts of the brain get damaged because of that. That's the sort of thing it might take to wipe out a well-established habit. As a matter of fact, we also see this with moral attributes as well. 
virtues and vices. Sometimes, you know, cases of damage to the brain or, you know, even trauma that occurs within a person's life may steer them away from the virtue that they have. But in, in most cases, the virtue is established and it, and it sort of remains in place. The same thing, unfortunately, is the case for vice. So if we take, for example, Aristotle likes to, you know, using justice and injustice here in the category. So justice is a habitual disposition, right? To, for example, give people what they are owed. So to follow through on paying debts and to do so, in, you know, over time and to do so as part of, you know, your character. There could be some things that could impede you, but all things being equal, the person who is virtuous will has the virtue of justice is going to pay his or her debts. They may need not even need to think about it in some cases. This is where people say, well, that's a no-brainer. Oftentimes, when it comes to moral things, people who say that, it's because that's become part of their character and they've developed it and they just don't realize that most other people don't see things that way or else they wouldn't say it's a no-brainer because obviously other people do have to think about it. Likewise, vice, the person who's unjust in the sense of, say, being greedy, always on the make, always looking for how they can turn a situation into pecuniary advantage for themselves, that is going to be stable. That's going to be something that you can rely upon them to do unless something comes along and changes that. So, you know, if somebody goes to jail for acts of greed because they were found out, unless something comes along to change that, you probably should, in fact, Aristotle says, expect them to continue to act in the same manner if there is a, a habit established. Now, by contrast, what we're translating here is dispositions or diatheses. Those are, Aristotle says, qualities that are easy to change. And the examples that he used are a little bit hard to, to get unless we sort of think it through. So, for example, he talks about hotness and coldness. Something is hot now, so it's disposed in such a way as to give off heat, right? but it can easily become cold. I'll give you two examples. One is your hot drink that you order as you're going through the drive-through, right? At a fast food restaurant, take coffee, for example. Now, you know, they finally got the, the idea after that big lawsuit that maybe we shouldn't superheat coffee so that if it spills and falls in somebody's laps, they get, you know, second and third degree burns, but it's still pretty hot when you get it, isn't it, right? And it's, it's too hot to drink generally when you first get your coffee from some places, but give it a little while and it quickly loses that. And after a while, it gets to the point where you're like, oh, this is good, right? And then not too long after that, it's cold. And I don't mind cold coffee, but some people really do, or cold tea, and they get kind of upset about that. Another great example is, let's say, the human body, right? You come in in a winter day from out of the cold to the cabin where you're staying, and you go in front of the roaring fire to warm up, and you're, you're sitting there and you're shivering, and gradually the heat permeates your body. So the cold is, you know, gradually going. It's, it's something that's pretty easy to get rid of. And now you're sitting there and you're like, oh, it's getting kind of hot. So you take off your hat and your coat and your boots and you're sitting there. And now after a while, you're pretty hot and you start sweating and you're like, it's getting too hot in here. And so you go and you open the window and it starts to cool down a bit. Your body starts to cool down. There's a prime example of what we're talking about. Aristotle also uses the example of disease. You can be diseased now and get healthy very quickly, provided it's not something, you know, terminal or chronic. You know, like say arthritis can be chronic. It's not going to quickly become healthy, most likely. 
But think about, it, for example, a sinus infection, right? Now, back in Aristotle's time, before antibiotics, if you got a sinus infection, you probably were going to have it for a while and suffer. Now, you go to the doctor, and the doctor says, oh, you got a sinus infection. Here's some antibiotics. Within a couple days, it's probably cleared up, right? Unless there's other issues. Well, those are examples of what Aristotle's calling dispositions. The last thing that we want to talk about with respect to dispositions and, and habits is that habits have contraries. So, for example, virtue, to each virtue is opposed at least one vice. It gets a little complicated with that in Aristotle's schema. Knowledge, what's the opposite of knowledge? Ignorance, right? So with respect to Aristotle, I have knowledge. I can teach you about it. With respect to some Aristotelians from the Islamic world who I haven't studied, I don't know anything. I have an ignorance about them, right? Habits also admit of degrees. And this is kind of important too. So it's possible if we take virtues, right? It's possible to be more just or less just. It's possible to have a habit of justice, but one person to be more just than another person. It's also possible to be more unjust or less unjust, right? And it's even possible to be neither just nor unjust, but somewhere in the middle because you haven't actually established a habit of justice or injustice at this point in time. Children are often in that sort of malleable state. Adults typically will have one or the other fairly developed. Knowledge also admits of degrees. I brought up the example of Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. I understand Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics pretty well. So I have a well-established habit of knowledge within my mind. You perhaps, unless you're an Aristotle scholar, may understand it less well, but still have a habit developed in your mind with some of the rudiments of that. There are some Aristotle scholars who I you know, particularly like to read and, and respect who are way, way beyond me when it comes to their understanding of Aristotle's Nicomachean ethics, perhaps so, so much further than beyond where I am that we could make a, a natural I am to them as the beginner is to me. All of these would be examples of degrees, a more and a less with respect to the development of a habit. In this case, the habit of knowledge of Aristotle's Nicomachean ethics. So that is habit and disposition. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.